Hey there, it's Renee. So perspective is everything, but that's easier said than done, right? So how do you change your perspective when you've been raised to feel exhausted or have self-limiting beliefs about who you are and who you can be? Today's guest takes these questions head on and offers some actionable things you can do right now. It might even involve a laundry basket on your head. So stay with me. The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women Make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Happy Even After Podcast. In this space, we dive into an unfiltered exploration of all things divorce and the art of reinvention. And I am so excited to be here today with today's guest. Her name is Stephanie Labonte, and let me introduce her. Stephanie is an educator an author and founder of Empowered Girls Rise, whose mission is to help girls learn to recognize their worth despite the challenges that girls face in today's world. Stephanie organizes rallies and educational programs for girls so that they can connect with positive role models. And in fact, that's how she and I met. Mm -hmm. Stephanie also runs an online community for overwhelmed, anxious, and stressed out women. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. I am so excited to have you here. And I know that there's someone out there that just perked up when I said overwhelmed and stressed and anxious, because I think that defines probably every woman that I know. So um, let's start with what led you to this work. So I am an educator. So for years, I watched girls suffer on a high school level with relationships and friendships and struggles that they had. And of course, I had struggles too when I was in high school, but with social media, it was something completely different. And so I was tired of the mean girl culture. I was done with it. And so as a teacher, I thought like, why do I need to do this? I need to, I need to help girls create a purpose in their life because a girl and their purpose doesn't care about all the drama. They don't care about all the extra things and they don't care about pleasing other people. And they just care about being in their purpose and helping others and serving others and being kind. And those are all the qualities that I really wanted girls to manifest and to see in their life. And and what what I started to see was that when I started to do this work in schools, girls became very... um, They felt special. They felt like someone cared about them. They felt like someone was listening to them. And they were able to be exposed to different people, different mentors outside of school and kind of break through and have these revelations that people really do care about them and people really want to see them be successful. And in order to do that, then they needed to find something that they love too. That's amazing. And you've even extended that work to the adult community now, right? You have this online community and you created retreats for women. So tell me a little bit about that and why you thought that that work that you're doing with the girls is so important for us too. Yeah. So what I found was that when I was doing this work with girls, I had people cut like you, Renee, 
came into the schools to mentor these girls. And an unintended side effect was that the women loved it just as much as the girls did. And so after a few years of doing these programs in school, some of the women were like, Steph, could you do this with adults? Is it possible? And at the time, I wasn't ready. I just was like, I'm just focusing on the girls and whatever. And then, of course, back in November, I did a retreat for women. And it was incredible. I did. I applied. I literally applied the same model for girls that I do with adults. So, so girls, yeah. you've been working with girls and those same issues that girls are having, we're having too? Like, that's crazy. The same exact issues. And what stands out that is really uh, bothering women or what are they really struggling with? So I would say innately, it's women are struggling with the sense that they are worthy and that they are enough, right? And then they also, a lot of the, the people that I work with is they struggle. They don't want to disappoint others. So they're people pleasers and they don't want to disappoint mm-hmm. others. So I find that a lot of the women that I work with actually struggle with the same thing that girls struggle with. And they've, they've been victims of bullying or they were a bullier, right? They bullied somebody right. else. And really it, it comes down to like the overall vision of your life and what you see yourself doing. And oftentimes we get resentment. There's resentment because we feel like our life should be a certain way and we never actually made the time for that. Do you think some of that it has to do with just how we were brought up and raised? I, I'm reading Untamed right now by Glennon Doyle, and she spends a lot of time talking about how so many of our struggles and our the lens that we look at the world and how we even perceive ourselves are based on how we were, grew up and being a people pleaser. And I think that's huge because I think most of my friends who are women, like that's exactly what they are. They're always doing for others and giving to others and they come last. Yeah. So I agree with you. And in my work, in my line of work, it is deeply generational. I mean, obviously I work in an urban school. So obviously I see a lot of poverty. I've worked with girls who have been human trafficked before. It's deeply rooted in generation. So if you have only seen your parents and your grandparents and what they do, it's very hard for you to even see that anything is wrong. And I don't mean wrong in the way that it's a judgment that it's wrong, but like the, your perspective is not what it could be. And so a lot of the times they just think like, well, I'm just going to end up just like my mom subconsciously. And so that's how they end. They just make the same choices. They end up like their dad and they just make the same choices. And really, I always ran my classroom and I I run my company like this too, is that our life is made of choices. That's our life. Our life is made of choices. And what are you going to choose to do? And it's every time you have to choose it. You have to choose you. And if you don't choose you, then that's when you start to get that resentment and guilt starts happening for you. And you start not holding the real vision of your life and your dreams go to the wayside. And then it's 30 years later and you are still hurting because you're making the same choices that someone previously before was unhappy in previous generations. 
you just gave me chills because I think that that's exactly what happens. And you end up 40 something, 30 something, wherever you end up as an adult and you're sitting there saying, now what? You know, that's, that's just, um, I, I love that. So do you think that you can change even though you're brought up a certain way and you have this generational impact? Do you have the ability to change? Do you have that much control and power over your life? Absolutely. And so Absolutely. What does someone With, do? Some of the methods that I use is, first of all, you need to go back to like those thoughts or those beliefs that you have that are ingrained in your life. And then you have to, you have to, I, I like to do like a meditation through it. I'm not a therapist. So sometimes I do recommend therapy. Like sometimes therapy is really great for people. And sometimes movement is really great for people. And sometimes creativity is really great for people. But it all goes back to, the, to what brings you the most joy in your life. And a lot of the times people don't know. When I ask them like, what do you do that makes you happy? And they'll say, I don't know. I don't know what makes me happy. And so it's about choosing those things that make you happy every day, choosing those things that put you first every day. So how can I put myself first today? But honestly, Renee, if I didn't have these strategies at my own disposal for my own personal life, I honestly don't know that I would be making those decisions either because someone brought it into my perspective. And that's why I think the work that I do is so important because I know that I can switch someone else's perspective. And just like if you talk to somebody else, you're switching their perspective. So if someone comes to you and she's 38 years old and she feels so stuck in her life and she loves her children and she loves her family, but there is just little joy. What, do you, what type of advice do you give her? What does she do? I often say like, what did you do as a child that you loved? What did you do? And it, the answers could vary. Like it could be singing. Like I would say my, what I like to do as a child is I like to sing. Like my mom used to tell me stories about how I used to put a laundry basket over my head and I would belt out in the middle of... And I'm a theater person. And I would belt out in the middle of a laundromat. Like I want to be your man, which was like the 80s. 80s. Of course, I'm dating myself. But like in the 80s version of ace of bass or something. I saw the sign. Like I would sing these songs with the laundry basket over my head and singing brought me such joy. And so as an adult, and again, this is from our own personal experiences, but as an adult, when I became a mom, I didn't do that anymore. I thought I had all these responsibilities and I didn't make any time for joy. But in fact, I'm the creator of my own life. And I was creating in my own experience, I'm sorry, I was creating in my own experience this almost this unhealthy environment where I was just giving, giving, giving and not doing anything for myself. So I went back to singing lessons. When was the last time you put a laundry basket over your head and sang? (laughs) (laughs) Just last week, actually. That's awesome. I love that. (laughs) So go back to your childhood joy. I like that. Go back to your childhood joy. Mm -hmm. But also like what makes you happy in your day-to-day life? Like, I don't know, Renee, I love fresh flowers on my table. Picking up a bouquet, going to a farm stand and getting fresh eggs. 
And what about someone who just, who says, I'm so exhausted. I have so many things on my to-do list. It's never ending. I don't have time for me. Yeah. So if you don't have time for me, right? And it's just changing the perspective around that. And so I would say to somebody like that, if you don't have time for you, then you don't have time for everybody else. Ah, okay. So you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. And that's easier that said than done. Right. I would say that's easier said than done. But again, it's a choice. Like, do you choose to put yourself first? Like, and knowing, and a lot of the times it comes with the fact that they think that they're selfish because they've been putting yes. themselves first. Yeah. Like, I'm selfish. And that is a thought that comes from generations, right? Like, you need to put your family first. And then, like I remember, I remember even like my mom, my grandma, like being exhausted at the end of the day because they've been working so hard to do all these things for other people. And do I want to be exhausted and show my kids that that's how life is? No. Right. I want to be the cool mom. I want to go out and do some dancing in the middle of the sidewalk. Like I want to do fun things with them. Like I want to be fun. I don't want to sit home and be resentful of my life. Right. And and I think that's such an important point as well as the guilt, because isn't that something just as a mom that you have this guilt, if you're not doing for your children, then you are a bad mom or you're inadequate. If you're taking time for yourself, I mean, I still have guilt sometimes for doing things that I'm like, oh, I really should be do home or I shouldn't have let my son spend three hours on PlayStation because I had work to do. And, you know, what kind of mom does that? You know, it's still that, that guilt just doesn't go away. As much as you're rational, your head can say, you shouldn't be guilty about this, but you can't help it. Yeah. So I think when it comes to guilt, it's okay to feel guilt. Like it's, it's always going to be there. And like you said, it's never going to go away. So what I recommend if you are feeling that guilt is to forgive yourself for feeling that guilt. So if you just forgive yourself and just say like, you know what, this is something that I'm feeling right now. I'm allowed to feel this. And then after you're allowed to feel that, like just choose a better thought after that. So I always say like, you can't have this. And a lot of the times people think like they have like this negative, I call it negative to neutral. If you're thinking negatively for so long, right? We're talking about generations of negative thinking. Right? Right, right. So if you have these negative thoughts, you can't say like, if you think, I'm just going to give an example of like, I'm, I'm so tired all the time. Right? That's, that's a generational thing. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And you could actually be tired too. But I'm just saying like, in general, it's just something we say and it becomes ingrained and it becomes a belief that you, if you're a mom, you have to be tired. Right. So... If you're so tired and that's a negative thought, right? You can't go to a positive thought of I'm not tired anymore. Like that's that's too much of a leap for somebody. But if you become more curious about those beliefs, then you can start to change them. And I'm just saying like so for example, instead of saying like I'm so tired, you could say like is there a reason why I'm tired? What can I do to make myself a little bit better? What can I do to get more rest? Can I go to bed earlier tonight? Can I wake up at the same time every day? Can I just let this work go for today and just rest? And so it sounds like what you're saying is don't 
let yourself become a victim to your own thoughts, right? Take control of it. Be in the driver's seat and be curious about it. Like, just be curious. Like, why is this coming up? Like, why am I feeling this? And the answer will come to you is just, it really is just thinking like that curiosity and just having that neutral thought. And that's a little bit easier to hook on to rather than hooking on to like a mantra or like a positive thought. I, as much as I love positive thought and energies and things like that, it's just too hard for some people to do. Right. Especially if they've been thinking that they're tired for 38 years or that they hate their body for 38 years or that they're a bad mom for six years, it's, it's very difficult to change. Right. And I mean, in the question, it becomes like, are you actually a bad mom? Like, what makes you a bad mom? Like, are you abandoning your children? Do you not feed them when they're hungry? Are you not educating them? Like, are you not having conversations with them? Do you not spend quality time with them? Right. Well, I did give my son Doritos for dinner one night last week, but I think... And I think that's great. I mean, it's called balance, right? (laughs) I mean, my girls... Right now, my girls are having screen time because that's the only time that they'll be quiet, right? But I, you know, I do love that all joking aside, I do love that thought process because I think it's so easy that once you start thinking negative things and you start that negative self-talk, it becomes a habit. And, and you're right. It's so hard to get out of that. And I know that you're a Gabby Bernstein fan and student, and she had that whole choose again method. And it's, you know, it's so empowering to recognize that you can change how the rest of your day goes by deciding to choose a different thought. I mean, you know, it's, it's always crazy to me that you have like something bad happen and you're like, I had a bad day and you, and that, that dictates how the rest of your day goes. And at the end of the day, you walk into your house and you're like, I had a bad day and it didn't have to be, but you let it continue on because you let that one bad thing dictate. Yeah, I had I had a a student, and I had in my first year of teaching, and I'll always remember this for the rest of my for the rest of my life. And his father came in, and the student got in trouble, and his father said, "You're going to let one bad moment ruin your entire day. A moment ruin your entire day, which is what you said, but it's just that father that said that to his son, and I just thought it was so powerful in that moment, right." And we do it all the time though. We're, I think we're all guilty of it unless you make the conscious decision to not let that happen and acknowledge when that thought comes in and say, okay, you're here, but you know what? This, this, I'm, I'm shooing you out, sending you on its way. Yeah. And I mean, you could, say, you could do something like, okay, well, this, if I'm letting this bad moment run my thoughts right now, like what if I let a good moment run my thoughts right now? What if something good did happen to me today? What's one thing good that did happen? And if you can't think of a good thought, then it's going to that neutral thought. Like, what or what can I do that would make me happy today or would make me feel better? And like you said, that's putting you in control. Mm -hmm. But it has to be conscious though. And it's a lot of the work that I do is, is having that, making those conscious decisions. We'll be back just after this message. If you are feeling confused and overwhelmed by the divorce process, the D-Course can help. 
This video course will educate and empower you to make the best decisions for your future. Taught by an experienced divorce attorney, you will learn everything you need to move forward into your next chapter. Head on over to www.thedecourse.com for more information. You do not have to do this alone. What about setting boundaries? Because I think this is a hot topic too. So often we have a hard time saying no to things. Does a society of people pleasers turn around and set boundaries and start to say no? Well, first of all, I think it's a process. I think it's something that you need to really, you need to really pump yourself up for. So I often say, like, if you're going to set a boundary, right, make sure that it's not an emotional boundary. It needs to be like, I don't know, for example, if you want the afternoon off and you want your husband to take the kids or your ex-husband to take the kids and you want the afternoon off and you need it. So you need to, first of all, you need to make it become a desire, like a desire or a need. Like, I really need this. And you need to pump yourself up. I, sometimes I say like, you need to go to the mirror and you need to be like, okay, I, I need this. This is going to happen. And I often think, say like, if you think it's going to happen, then it will. So if you, want, if you want that afternoon off bad enough, then you'll make it happen. So think about it. Like if you're hungry, you're going to go and get something to eat. And so are you saying make it concrete things that you can ask for rather than something that's much larger and broader, such as emotional? Yeah. So I say start off small. Start off small and do the concrete because it's a process. So I would say if for women, I would say to start off small, ask for some concrete things first, and then ask for more emotional things. Like I need to be hugged. Or I need you to listen to me right now and not say anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that I think is so challenging for us to do. And never mind someone who's divorced and has to co-parent and have a relationship with an ex-spouse too. I'm sure that that's really a, a difficult thing for them to do, to say to an ex-spouse, I need you to do this. And maybe yeah, I, after years of never doing that. Also, in our mind, like we think that that person wins if we ask for help. They think it's right. weakness. And I encourage my community to think of it as strength. I always say like your weaknesses can be your strengths. Like it really can be a strength. Asking for help can be a strength. And when I ask for help or when someone asks me for help, I always think it's genuine. I never think like they're trying to manipulate me. Right. And so... It's hard sometimes to think that, but I feel like, again, if you're in control of your thoughts, you're in control of how you respond to situations. Right. But sometimes it's so hard when it's an ex-spouse to, to let them have that, you know, because sometimes it's about the win and it's hard to, to recognize that it's not about that at all. Yeah. So it's all about perspective, right? right. Like, what do you need? And if you don't get it, then what's going to happen? Right. Right. And changing perspective can change your life. I agree. It's fascinating. So is there something that we as parents can do to help our 
own kids or own daughters deal with self-confidence issues so they don't grow up with these adult-sized issues that seem to carry on if they're not addressed as, as a child. So again, I also think that this is a conscious decision. So what you say to your kids, like you really measure what it is that you're saying. And if you can't handle it, like if you're too emotional in the moment, I read something somewhere, a great response for it is something like, mommy's too upset right now, but when she, when she feels a little better, she'll come back and talk to you about this. Yeah. I need some space. And so that's just so, telling your kids that you're a human as well. <laughs> yes. And I think we're expected to have the answers all the time. But when we're attacked, right? I don't know how you feel when you're attacked, but when somebody comes at you with an accusation or you feel attacked in your character in any way or people are trying to tell you they don't trust you, like those kinds of things, that can feel like an attack in your body. And you don't think correctly, right? It's a, it's a fight or flight response. So I think it's, it's important if you're feeling that way to not continue, to take a minute and that's what calm, rational adults do, right? And it's, I'm not saying this is something that'll happen every time and you might, may not make that choice all the time. Right. But sometimes it's really important to just take that space and say, you know what? I need to have this space and do this. And I would say meditation is so great. Like It helps you feel more calm in the moment. Like Doing those things that you love every day will make you feel less angry, less upset throughout the day. And so I think to have a girl who can express her feelings and not feel bad about that is so important. Oh, that's huge, right? Because how often, how often do we just say we're sorry for something before we've even said it? Because it's an unpopular thought or opinion. I think it's, you've just been raised to apologize for what you're about to say. You have been. You have been. And it's, it's almost like, you're putting like the cart before the wagon, right? So you're just right. saying like, oh, I'm sorry. Or like, my bad, but... Right. And it just becomes, it becomes a habit and it becomes a belief. Right. And we need to stop doing that. We need to just speak our mind and not apologize for it. And that's hard to do. I mean, we've spent so many years being told to be quiet, to be small, to be less than. It's so hard to kind of step into your own and reclaim your power. And that's, that's why your work is so important. But the more you do it, the more confident you become. So for example, if, you're, if my daughter, for instance, I was just telling her today, so funny that we have this conversation, but I was just telling her today, we, we watched Aladdin, then Naomi Scott's Speechless. And she goes, I don't understand what speechless means. And I go, oh, well, when someone tells you that you have to be quiet or you feel like you have to be quiet and not say what you really feel and think, I go, sometimes we tell her to be quiet, obviously, because right. <laughs> it can get stressful at home. So sometimes we tell her to be quiet. But then I say, but, no, but even if we tell you to be quiet, you have to be ready to accept the consequences if you do speak up. and. Sometimes in sometimes it's worth it to accept them. Right. And yep. if we can have that acceptance of ourselves, like, you know what? It, I may get in trouble for saying this, but that's okay. 
because I still said what was right for me. Oh, but Stephanie... And I made myself happy. I chose me first. And that's where confidence comes from. Right. And isn't that against everything that we've been taught, though, about being the good girl? The good girl who does not get in trouble, who doesn't get sent to the principal's office. Being the good girl, yeah. It's, it's against everything that we're taught. Because now we're going to speak and we're going to disappoint others because we're not being good. Right. But there's so much freedom in that. It's, it's liberating. It's you know, empowering to not have to be the good girl and just say, okay, I'm not going to be that person and speak your mind. And maybe there's consequences, but who cares? It, so you can decide to be free or you can decide to be stuck in anxiety and overwhelm. It's a choice. It really is a choice. And it's, it may seem difficult to say, but the more you do it and the more confident you become, it draws in the people who you really want in your life. Because how many times have we had a friendship where we just were like, well, you know, you pretend to be somebody you're not because... Right. Like maybe you don't like to be smoking and drinking and partying with these girls at high school. And all of a sudden, what happens is you end up friends with them 10 years later and you don't even have the same life goal. And you still pretend to be that girl in high school. And that's, that's crazy to me that that carries over into our adulthood. That we're still doing that. We're still trying to be the cool kid or fit in. And be, and be the cool kid. And be the cool kid, right? Yeah. But yeah. sometimes, sometimes it's making the decision to either be the cool kid or to be yourself and belong somewhere. And if you want to belong somewhere, then just fit in, then... Again, that's that's a Brene Brown quote, but it's one of my favorites. And it's like if you wanna if you wanna be like someone else, then you'll just fit in. But if you wanna belong, then you get to be yourself. And it's one of my favorites because and I it's something that I I strive to be in any of the spaces that I create for girls or for women. I say, like, if you're here, you belong. Like you don't have to pretend to be somebody else. You can just be yourself. Ah, oh, I love that. So the lesson today is to be yourself and speak up, right? Speak up. And take some time for yourself. For sure. Or to, you know what? Just choose yourself. Choose yourself. Okay. Yeah. If someone, if someone else, I mean, someone else may choose you or not, but really, if you choose yourself, you win every time. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. So, if there's uh, there's going to be someone out there who is been moved by what you've been saying and they want to connect further, where can they find you in this community that you've created? Yeah, so on Facebook, it's called the Grown Up Girl Community, and they can just Grown Up Girl Community, and they can join it. They can join in there. They can also be led to the community through my website, so www.grownupgirlchat.com. And that's my, um, my blog and my website. They can book through me there. I offer free 30-minute chats for women. So if they just want to sit and have like a conversation about something that they've been doing, 
I like to uh, like a nice fresh change in perspective. So if they just want to come and just chat with me, they can do that too. They can book directly on the website. And of course, you can find me on Facebook. I'm there, but I'm also on Instagram. So they're welcome to come on Stephanie underscore Marie underscore Labonte. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much for chatting and sharing all of your words of wisdom uh, with, with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Renee. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after. 